Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. And we are three weeks in the books. Now, our first Vegas stint is now officially wrapped up, which is pretty crazy to think about, just seeing that we just saw the schedule not too long ago. And we got a lot of surprises, a lot of competitive teams already so far, a few roster changes here that we're going to go over here with you today we're going to break down all the week three games as well great week that we had in our last week in vegas in our first quarter here but before we get into all that my guy will what's good man it's been a it's been a long three weeks it has been a long three weeks um now listen you know you talk about the competitive teams this is the most competitive big three's ever been this is the best that big things ever get been. I mean, if you you just look at these standings. I mean, I'm just looking them right here for myself. I mean, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams with one or less wins. That's out wild. of twelve, <laughs> seven of them only have one or less wins. So it's just absolutely insane. I mean, there's gonna be for sure, you know, some sort of you know middle of the pack that ends up coming out there's going to be you know a lot of these two and one teams are going to battle it out and you know so we're really going to see which of these two and one teams are going to end up you know maybe with two or three losses on the year or which ones are going to sort of end up around 500 but Mm -hmm. i mean you just look at these teams man i mean they're really like what's the difference between like you know like you know you say triplets trilogy and power which has really been like the three top dogs right now but for that fourth seed, man, it could really be anybody. Anybody. Like, besides yeah. Bivouac. Mm. So it could really be anybody but Bivouac. Ouch. Even Aliens has a shot, you're saying? Yes, oh, 100% Aliens have a shot. No Bivouac, though. Okay, okay. No, Bivouac's oh. are, Bivouac is done. Hey, we'll talk about that game uh, kind of towards the middle of the episode here. But Frank Nitty said it best. It's, the, it's a lot more competitive this year. You know, he... He said that before getting their first win, uh, and he made sure he came out and did his thing, made it to made it on Sports Center's top ten and, and got the dub. But we'll talk about all that before we jump into the show here. As always, if you want to find the socials, it's at Fourth Man Pod at Big Three News at a underscore Siggy. If you want to watch the show, it's on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Fourth Man Pod. And if you want to listen on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel um, every Saturday at two p.m. We, you can also listen to it over there. We appreciate anyone who's tuning in via Dash Radio. We appreciate you guys giving us a platform to talk about the big three. All right, let's jump into week, week three because a lot of exciting games. What I really love about this year is that they're kind of going on a week or two-week basis and, and making the schedule that way. And essentially what they're doing is trying to make it as competitive as possible so that it's a good show week in and week out. They did that. There was a chance for teams to go 3-0. and Some teams could have dropped to 2-1. and Instead, we have, like you said, seven teams that have at least two wins or more on the year. And what I also love about this new schedule is that they put the best games 
to start the day. Like the second game seems to be like the best game or game of the week. Yeah. But the first game is always like that intriguing one to like, hmm, like, you know, for I would say like a new fan or someone who's more of a casual kind of like peak their interest a little bit. Like, hmm, this is interesting. Okay. And they did that here with ball hogs and power uh, early on uh, in the day. And, you know, I think people that tune in are like, hmm, okay, we got Leandro Barbosa. Okay. You know, obviously the white mama, he's the one that's going to steal the show. Got Catino, obviously the, the people's champ, Royce White in the game. So the people's champ. Yeah. Yeah. You had a two and ball hogs, which is still weird to say even a week later. And you had one and one power who's coming off a tough loss to triplets. Uh, this was a, Hey, this was a really competitive tight game throughout. I think it wasn't until the end where ball hogs kind of let this one slip away. Uh, you know, power kind of capped the game off on a 10 four run, but this one was tight throughout power had a lead throughout the first half until Literally that last bucket going into the second half where Ball Hogs took the lead. Um, I think we saw great games from Ball Hogs big three of Barbosa, Jody Meeks, and Will McDonald, which, by the way, I think Jody Meeks and Leandro Barbosa could be the best tandem in the league. Um, wow. Arguably. Uh, they've show, showcased it through three weeks, so I'm just going to throw that out there. But ultimately, Power went on a 10-4 run to cap this one off, uh, win at 51-46. They did, however – See Katino Mobley limp off in the final few minutes there when it was like, I think, game point for power. But what do you think of this game to start off the day? I mean, both these teams are now two and one and it's a little bit more competitive at the top. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a great game. And I feel like, you know, it's still tough to say anything about power because, uh, you know, we haven't seen them at full strength, and it feels like we're getting closer to closer to that. We'll um, never see them at full strength. We again. probably <laughs> will never see them at full strength, but at least, you know, adding Dusan, which looks like it's going to happen this week, um, is going to be insane. And if Dusan plays like he has been in the Olympics, then it's going to be – he might be like, you know, he, he could be what turns the tide against, you know, a triplets or a Joe Johnson. He could absolutely put you over the top. Ooh. Um you know, uh, maybe that's maybe that's a little crazy Dude, to say, but I don't know. Keys, man. <laughs> but um, you know, listen. But other than that, you know, this looked like two pretty even teams. You know, at least for the majority of the game, I think Power's experience and their coaching, I think, ended up being really what you know drove them away. But you know, Barbosa is incredible. You know, uh, we'll talk about it. But Bar- Barbosa is absolutely one of. He might be the pickup of the off season. Whoa. which was Leandro Barbosa to Ball Hogs because he has just completely turned around that team. And I just feel like, you know, there's, there's a few guys in this league where you're like, if we need a bucket, we're going to them. And besides Joe Johnson, I, I don't know who else you can say that about besides Leandro Barbosa. Man, they work in such different ways too. Like Joe is like, I can beat you from a lot of different spots. You know, I'm going to do it tactfully and skillfully. Leandro's like, I'm just going to blow by you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm yeah. going to get a layup in somehow, whether it's, uh, weird. It seems like a weird angle at every layup he's hitting. Um, you know, I, I, I agree. I think these teams were pretty evenly matched. It's so weird that power can, it just seems like ever since last season, really to start the year off, they just can't get that whole team back together outside of maybe that one game when they played triplets. Uh, well, not even that game because Birdman was out for that game. So it just seems like power can never regain strength, but they just keep trucking along and doing their thing. Glenn out. Davis got ejected. Oh, yeah. That might have been the last time they're fully healthy. I don't even know if it was then because uh, Corey McGinney was out to start the year. So, you know, it it seems like they just keep trucking along. Nancy Lieberman keeps doing her thing and plugging in pieces. 
Joe Alexander seems like a pretty good pickup too, uh, by the way. Yo, he yeah, seems he, like he a guy great. you can go to uh, in a one-on-one, kind of create your own shot. But Katino walks off a little bit early there, so Power might be dropping another piece while adding another one. I mean, what do you what what do you do? Like, what do you think of Power if Katino is out, maybe for one, maybe multiple weeks, uh, depending on how bad he's hurt. But they're plugging in Dusan, who we know he can do what he can do from a FIBA three-on-three standpoint, but we haven't seen him yet in the big three. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many question marks. You know, I think they need Katino Mobley. You know, Katino Mobley, in my opinion, is not someone that you can very easily replace. And especially with the way that they've been playing, like Royce White has been good. Joe Alexander, you know, I I question the pick, but Joe Alexander has been great for them, you know, as like for the role that he's been playing. But Katino Mobley really has been the best player on this team. He's been their driving engine. So to lose him is going to be tough, but that all goes out the window if Dusan Balut comes in and he is what what he's been proclaimed to be. I mean, I think the New York Times had him as the Michael Jordan of 3v3 basketball. Wow. So, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he's been getting incredible press, like, you know, global press coverage because I think everyone's starting to figure out who this guy is. And an incredible time for the big three to be picking him up. So if he can come in and, you know, I, I think there's speculation because does the FIBA style – you know, especially on the defensive end, does that match up well against the, the the fireball three style? Does that match up well against the big three style? And if it does, then, you know, they're not going to be missing Catino and they're not going to be missing anybody. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if there is a little bit of a transitionary period, which is fair to expect, you know, Pat, losing Catino is one of the, probably one of the worst things that can happen for this team especially as opposed to other years when you had a Birdman, a Glenn Davis, a Corey Maggette, and Coutinho yeah. could absolutely take more of a backseat. This year, they've been they've been relying on him heavy. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. If you get two bring the fires, one each half, I'm only going to use it when Dusan gets fouled or shooting. Oh, foul. So absolutely. I just want Dusan going to the basket every time and say, hey, we're bringing the fire. I don't care if it was it looked like a foul or not. Uh, and also, shout out to Darnell Jackson because he looked pretty good in his first game as well. I yeah, he did. Good. That was another great pickup by them. That was a good pickup. But of course, what do we expect? I think if it's not Dermar, it's Nancy Lieberman and are the team of Nancy Lieberman and, and Katina Mobley making high, highly, uh, highly efficient pickups. Uh, all right, let's move on to game two, which was game of the week. Again, we have triplets with a big target on their back and they're going up against two and O trilogy. Who's looked really good early on. This seems like a game of missed opportunities for trilogy really. Uh, and just didn't look like the same team that we seen through the first two weeks. You know, obviously there were the early fouls that Jared Jack committed. He had three fouls and he had to sit in the first half. Uh, they relied on, they put Briscoe in earlier, but I felt like Isaiah Briscoe, Went one-on-one a lot, took a lot of jump shots and settled, and he just wasn't hitting like he was in the first two weeks. And then I think the third thing that kind of hurt their momentum was, I think that, because I think bring the fire can really make make or break your momentum at times when you use it. They bring the fire, Amir Johnson gets a stop, Trilogy gets the ball back, they turn it over, and Triplets still gets a bucket. And I think yeah. that ultimately just shifted it right back to Triplets if they had any kind of momentum. Uh, on the flip side, Trilogy, Joe's just being Joe, you know, how do you stop that man? You really can't. You can only hope to contain him. Uh, and you, you can only hope to match what they're doing. I think they got good production from guys like Jamari Moon and Alan Anderson. On the flip side, Triplets ultimately win this one 51-44. Uh, 
Tough game. Uh, I think Trilogy still looks good, but like I said, they looked a little inefficient. What did you see from, from Stack's team there? Yeah, I mean, they looked like a team that it looked like the uh, the goals like we're going to make uncomfortable, we're going to come out and punch them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, like some like, you know, like some senior like Dragon Ball Z, like Joe Johnson just like caught the punch, you know, like he, caught, he just caught the fist in his <laughs> yeah. air. Like, you're not going to do that today. So it was just, you know, it was more just Joe Johnson being Joe Johnson. Like it was a good effort. You know, but I just feel like nice try, buddy. Nice try, but you know, I, I think that team is a, as a team has been very intense, very physical. Um, they definitely were missing some of the efficiency. I mean, they've been I feel like super hot the first two uh, games. So it'd be interesting to see if maybe they come back down to earth a little bit. But you know, I just think this was the case of the better team winning. I still yeah. think Trilogy is a good team though, and I still think they're unlocking that full potential, especially with a guy like Briscoe. But uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, you know, few men have succeeded against uh, Joe Johnson. So now we ask the question: three games in, like Power could knock him off, Trilogy could knock him off. Those are probably our top three team, top three like top tier teams right now. Top three teams, either whichever way you want to spin it. I mean, does this team go eight and zero now? I mean, they got past almost the early gauntlet that they were facing. We thought Bivouac was going to give them a little bit of a rougher time. That didn't seem to be the case. Does this team just ultimately have an undefeated season and kind of match what Trilogy did year one? I don't think they go undefeated. I think the league is too good for them to go to undefeated. You know, I mean, it just doesn't seem like anybody. If Royce White hits that open shot, they're two and one. You know. Yeah. I think a team like, I think a team like Ghost Ballers or a team like you know even like Ball Hogs might catch them one week. But, you know, I, you know, listen, it could happen, you know, but like you said, the big three with the way they've been making the schedule, they've just been throwing like, you know, it's been Tough like, you know, opponent. the next the next challenger come to face Joe Johnson. And, Literally. What, and what you've done is you've just basically just created like you created a monster is what you have. Just, yeah, at this just point, like you're just racking everybody. up all the new characters at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're just knocking off everybody. He's just... soloing the entire league. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just nuts. I mean, Big Three just posted back this third straight player of the week. I thought maybe Murphy might contend or uh, who's the other guy? Jason Richardson might get a chance to win it this week, but nope. Uh, it is Joe Johnson once again. So, yeah. I mean, how do you not credit that man? Another win, another strong performance. Most points in the on the week for the third, like maybe the third straight week, I believe. If not third straight week, second straight week. Uh, another top tier performance. We'll see if triplets can be knocked off by somebody. Uh, they got a another tough test, I believe, this week, uh, as expected against the enemy's team, hoping to, to try to get back to 500. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, let's move on to the chippiest game of the afternoon this past week it was tri-state and ghost ballers ghost ballers 2-0 tri-state 1-1 uh another team that had a chance to go 3-0 and didn't actually or weren't actually able to put it together but i think for different reasons um honestly this is probably one of our sloppier games on the day i just felt like there was uh, a lot of misses kind of like in between the middle of the first half and the beginning of the second half yeah that lasted forever it seemed like it it did uh, we had a couple ejections here, you know, ghost ballers, they were very uh, like animated when it came to the foul calls. They just did not like them. We saw text thrown to, for Mike Taylor, a text thrown for Ricky Davis, just arguing. Uh, by the way, uh, Mike Taylor's a mood. That, that That's just the best way to put it. That dude is 
entertainment at its finest. Students rolling on the ground, the students dancing while they're waiting for the call. Uh, just, just all around a fun guy. Um, Jay Rich had a big game. He looks even better at 40 years old. It's like year of the 40 year olds, it seems like. Uh, ultimately, you know, Larry Sanders got a check ticket on flagrant two call when he pushed Mike Taylor in the air. On the flip side, Mike Taylor also got ejected because he got a second tech for argument, kind of being in the scuffle with things. I think Ghost Ballers lost a little momentum because Tri-State went on the 8-0 run to end it and move on to 2-1. and one. Mike Taylor had a really good game before ejected. I mean, what – a lot of just like – a lot of things happening throughout this game. So what, what did you take away from this that kind of stuck out to you where you think, hey, this, this is really going to bode well for this team or that team? Yeah, I mean, this to me, honestly, I got to give credit to Tri-State because I think, you know, after that scuffle sort of early in the second half, both teams sort of like had a chance to reset. Mm-hmm. And Ghost Ballers definitely lost their best player. But I feel like Tri-State was like, all right, like, you know, like we're reset, re- refocus now, like we're going to go in and win. So yeah. I think that credit to Tri-State because I think it takes a good team to do that. So maybe we wrote off Tri-State a little bit too early because this seems like a team that, you know, Jason Richardson's been giving them a big boost, but it seems like Dr. J hasn't playing good. I, I like the rotation. They seem like they have a pretty cemented game plan. Uh, and then on the flip side with Ghost Ballers, you know, I would just say, listen, I get that they're an emotional team. Um, I get, you know, they're highly entertaining to watch, but I just feel like that came to bite them in the butt a little bit on this game. Yeah. You know, I, I think they lost the favor of the refs uh, pretty early in the game just with the way they were reacting and stuff. And, you know, I love, I know the crowd loves to see stuff like that, but I don't know. It just, it just seemed a little bit too over the top for me. Yeah. Understandable. Cause you know, you lost Mike who was having a great game. I think he had 19 points. Yeah. Uh, and he all, honestly, he was a big reason why they came back. I mean, they were down double digits at one point in this game. I think it was like 37, 26 at one point. And he was a big reason that they were even keeping it close. And then he gets ejected and, I kind of just ended that spell for him, like you said. Uh, you know, so you know, maybe contain your emotions a little bit. Also, too, what I think is weird is that Chris Johnson had such a great first game. I don't feel like they utilize him as much uh, in the last two games. I don't know if that's – it's probably not by design. It's probably just kind of the, the swing of the game. But I do think it's a little odd because we, you know, we raved about him all offseason. He had a great first game. The production slowed down a little bit, but maybe that's because Mike's been playing so well. I don't know. Um but, you know, maybe they you, play week two. They play enemies week two. And he hit the game winner. He had, you know, he had a good end to that game. He had a so, I mean, that's Isaiah winner. Austin and Larry Sanders. You know? That's, yeah, I mean. On, on the defensive end. So, that's, that's a tough assignment. That's true. That is true. Um, Larry Sanders, another guy that needs to uh, maybe control his emotions just a little bit. We've seen him push two people and get flagrant. And he got a flagrant week one. There was only a flagrant one. Flagrant two this week. Uh, nonetheless, like what Tri-State's doing, I, I think I ha- I think if I'm not mistaken, I had them a little bit higher in my rankings because I was a little high on them. I like their draft picks. And I think Earl Clark, Tony Roden, those guys are kind of getting adjusted, acclimated to everything. My biggest, my biggest thing that I, I noticed is like, is Nate gonna be is Nate gonna be the same? Like, is Nate the same guy as last year, the four, the reigning fourth man of the year? He looks like he's maybe not taking on as much of the load, or may- maybe it's because he hasn't had to, but you know, we'll see moving forward. Nonetheless, two two and one teams, and just to make it a little bit more interesting up at the standings. Uh, so you love to see it. Uh, let's move on to game four. Three's Company and Three Headed Monsters probably are. While we had two great games to start today, this might have been one of the best games 
Yeah. In my opinion, I think we saw two evenly matched teams. We saw a late run from a team that ultimately uh, put them in a position to win. A hard-fought game. It was, it was really tight throughout. I think Kevin Murphy has really shown that he was worth that that number seven pick, and maybe yeah, your boy, your boy bang up fifty-five, baby. Hey, believe and never give up is all I gotta say because he certainly did that in this one. They were down forty-six to forty-three at the Monsters late in this one. Uh, it didn't seem like it was gonna go their way. Jim Jackson actually made the point on the broadcast that he thought in this tight, kind of chippy, hard-fought game that three-headed monsters had the advantage because their style of play. Uh, I just got to give hats off to him because he nailed it. They they, they were came so funny way. on Saturday, especially they after right. they switched over to Triller. Like, I don't know if they were tired. Mm-hmm. I don't know if what, but they were just like laughing hysterically. Like the Dude, entire John, broadcast is just, just, John Sally. just They were a little, it seemed like they were a little delirious, but like they would just go to John Sally and John Sally would just say something and they'd all just get hysterical. Then they yeah. were like making fun of Rick Mahorn for like. <laughs> <laughs> they no, they just great. didn't care, give a care in the world. They were like, ah. No. Killer lets us do whatever, I guess. Yeah. But, um, crucial bring the fire down down late between Richard, Lew- Richard Lewis and Mario Chalmers, Chalmers. Yeah. Which put him in a position or put him in the lead. It was 48-46, and then Murphy is the big game winner. But are we higher on three-headed monsters or are we lower on three's company after this one? You know, this is a game that I, I would say – I mean, you look at the standings. This is a game that I'd say I think it was against two evenly matched teams. I think it could have went either way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest with you. Um, so, I don't know. I'm just not really too uh, – I don't really know if I have an opinion <laughs> one way or another. I, I just think, you know, I mean, you pose an excellent question. I mean, one team is one and two. The other one is two and one. I just feel like, you know, this game could have went either way. It really could have. Uh, it's weird to me that, like – you know, I think three-headed monsters obviously made a great pick in Kevin Murphy, but I did. You know, my concern with them was like they are a little bit older, and it does seem like, you know, maybe they can't go to like Rashard or Mahmoud as much, or Reggie. Like Reggie Evans is playing a little, like, I guess taking a little bit more in his hands offensively. Yeah. So I, I just wonder, you know, do who's going to be kind of that second guy? Who's going to be that that second scoring like punch to take a little bit off Kevin Murphy because. What if what if Murph has a bad bad game right one of these weeks and you need somebody to step up and nobody does? Uh, that's my only concern with them. On the on the flip side for Three's company, it's like Targa might be one of the one of the best picks in the first round as well because he's looked amazing. And I think it was just a matter of losing some of that momentum late. So honestly, like you said, could have gone either way. I thought it was a really good game nonetheless. It was just back and forth. Uh, it was. It was it a felt, good game. It felt like it was never more than a five-point differential. So this, I think I think these are two teams that will probably end up very close in the standings. Yeah, I think we could definitely see both these teams. I could definitely see both these teams sitting at like four and four. Yes. And one is higher than the other. Right, like one, one's four and four, maybe one's like three and five, you know. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that ends up. The next game was Aliens and Killer Threes, kind of a similar fashion in this one to the last game, just in terms of how it ended. Aliens had a big lead. Killer Threes <laughs> said, you know, fuck that. We're going to come back and win this one. It was <laughs> Dude, 40... fr- that dunk from Frank Nitty, he was yeah. like, we're not losing this game. Like, yeah. Like, we're not fucking losing this game. <laughs> yeah, that, so that was probably the highlight of the day, right, is, is Frank Nitty's monster posterizer over Jason Maxiel. He was like – it was almost – it's just so funny because – Jason Maxiel, you know, he's getting his opportunity again. He's like, I'm back. 
And then first came back. Hi, everybody. And he's like, what's up, man? Bang! You know, just <laughs> slay one on his head. That was just uh, crazy. Crazy sequence, too. Like, Charlo gets some block, goes right to Nitty, and he's just like, oh, I'm I'm taking this one. But Charlo's been great, too, by the way. Especially right. on defense. Yeah, I was going to say, he's – Arguably one of the best defenders right now that yeah. I've seen week in and week out since he's no, played. If, if, if Killer 3s were uh, – I mean, it would be more of a storyline if Killer 3s were better. Mm-hmm. But Charlo, I feel like Charlo's always getting, like, blocks and steals, and, you know, he's a great wing defender. I wonder if that's somebody who – I mean, it's the big three, so you don't have picks. But that, to me, is somebody who, like, you know, you want to talk about, like, a midseason trade. Like if triplets Ooh. were like, we'll give you our first, like for like a Mo Charlo, like you know what yeah. I mean, or like a, or you know, someone like that, like a trilogy, or like you know, yeah, just like as a kind really of that defensive stopper. Anything. He's been able to. Yeah. They don't do picks, up, right? They don't really do picks, but maybe a player. Or so you know, we, yeah. we've definitely seen player for player trades. Dude, he's been able to switch onto anything. He's been guarding some of the best offensive players. It seems like making a lot of deflections, getting his hands in there. So I really, you know, shout out to Mo. He, he was really determined to make this league. And I think the five tournament really helped him to kind of showcase oh, yeah, that to other sure. guys in the league. But, you TBT know. TBT too. Winning the TBT doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. I get a little extra cash money. feel a little confidence <laughs> going up there. But, you know, like I said, Aliens, they blew a 47 to 40 lead. Kind of sucks because I feel like Aliens has been in every game, despite what we said about them early in the year. Know, we both had them down in the rankings. But. It it's been a uh, it's been a tough slate for them. <laughs> it seems like they just continue to like just lose by just a little bit. Brandon Rush had a really good game in this one. Um, Andre Owens looked like he looks like the Andre Owens that we're accustomed to. Uh, you know, just a great pivotal piece that you need, whether it's coming off the bench or starting. But on the flip side, Killer Threes gets their first win. They win fifty to forty seven, and they by the way they went on to bring the fire. Another game where bring the fire is. A, a pivotal moment within the game. Dante Green with the game winner. He's having a great season, by the way. He's That's got to be the first time someone's uh, won on a Bring the Fire, right? And actually made the basket. So, like, Royce White won. Right, won, right. Yes. But he was just fouled, so it was That's kind of right. anticlimactic, you know? Yeah. But this one was, was pretty sick, you know? He, right. He, this he is, like, how it was designed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is what we are going to put in the commercials, you know? Uh, but, like I said, highlight of the day – Nitty posterizing Jason Maxiel makes Sports Center top ten, which is pretty sick. That was sick, yeah. And if I'm Nitty, I'm getting every single angle framed from my house. Oh my god, <laughs> some of those pictures they took are insane. Great pictures. I don't know who's the photographers, but they did a great job. So, final game of the day was a battle of another, a couple other O and two teams, enemies and Bivlac. And close in the beginning, we saw another monster dunk from Josh Smith in this one, who. I mean, I would kind of consider that a posterizer on. Oh, definitely. Stewart. On Elijah Stewart, definitely. Yeah, 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 okay. He went up for it, and he slammed it down on him. Unfortunately, a couple plays later, he ends up getting hurt. It's looking like some kind of lower body injury. Not really sure the extent of it. Yeah. It's not looking like he's going to come back, basically. Bivlak did fall to 0-3 after a being blown out in the second half. Essentially, single-handedly by Perry Jones, it seemed like he scored – I think all 14 points in the second half. Probably might have. <laughs> um, Nick Young and Elijah Stewart got off to a good start. This was Swaggy P's best game, by the way. Uh, enemies picked up their first win, 50-34. I mean, do we? is this where we just admit we were absolutely wrong on Bivlac? They, you know, they, by the way, they added a couple of new additions. They dropped most spades. 
And they also dropped Julian Wright. They added Jermaine Taylor. So I was super, super happy to see JT back in it. They also added Quincy Miller. Uh, but that didn't really seem to make too much of an impact. And now they're looking for another replacement, probably for Josh Smith. I mean, I guess we just kind of waved the white flag on, on Bivouac because they're now sitting at 0-3, and it hasn't looked pretty in any week. Yeah, I, I mean, were we wrong about Bivouac? Absolutely wrong about Bivouac. They're the I worst mean, we were just wrong. We were dead wrong. We were dead wrong. They're the worst team in this league. I mean, by far. And I don't know what exactly to make of it because they so were weird. a very young and promising team. And I still think they individually have very talented players. I like their draft. I like the direction they were going in. I don't know what it is. I don't I, get it. I, I don't I don't get it either. But it's they're not working on any facet right now. <laughs> Will Bynum isn't playing well. Coaching hasn't been good. Role players haven't been doing what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, they're getting blown out every week. The and we, ne- we, we never see blowouts in the big three. Mm. All games are within, you know, eight to two-point wins. You know what I mean? To lose by double digits consistently in the big three is something we've never seen before. Not even by ball hogs, which has no. consistently been a bad team. This is un- unprecedented levels of bad. Right. This, this might is... be the worst team in big three history. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, I just – just think about how high we were on them from 2019. And well, on. I know because because they were so promising, That's and they basically so back the same roster. I mean, think about it. They lost Anthony Morrow, Anthony Morrow, CJ Leslie, and Dion Glover, and there's somebody else I'm missing in there, Sean Williams. Yeah, that's wild. I feel like they made substantial upgrades. And- they got in Julian Wright, who's who was great for power. They brought in uh, Mo Spates, who they left. I mean, his nickname. They let him. They let him play two games. Yep. And then and then he's gone. Um, they brought in, uh, you know, just brought know. in Jermaine Taylor, Quincy. They brought Miller. in Jermaine Taylor. They so they basically they I guess they thought they they assumed the issue was on offense because yeah. you bring in two scorers. Um, but I I don't know. They, the most Spates one is weird to me because. You know, you don't only bring him in. He's your co-captain. You know, those are kind of your ride or die guys, the face of your team. And they ultimately just said, hey, it's, this is not working out. I mean, that's that's tough. That is tough. Um, but, I mean, he did not look in shape. He did. He, he was yeah. not playing at the level of a co-captain, mm-hmm. which there are other co-captains. This league who don't play at the level of co-captains. But regardless. Um, but he did not what we shape. expected, for sure. He was not what we expected. Um. I don't know if maybe it's just the opportunity wasn't there or the adjustments were a little bit more difficult. You know, we do see a lot of it. Some guys just getting exposed from a three on three level that we don't see on a five, five. They, they also, five they, five yeah, setting. they made that change right away though. They made it quick. Yeah. It's like, almost like he's like most pace only played two games in the big three. Yeah. And we, as someone we were very ecstatic about joining, just, it's just nutty, nutty to me, you know, the first game, all right, you lost the triplets. You know, you lose by 12 points. But, I mean, 29 last week, that's barely making it to the first half in any game. Right. 34 and that, that was, a, that was a fake 29, by the way. Like, they hit a couple threes late. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And, 30, and 34, yeah. 34? I, I don't know. I don't have any – I have no faith in Bivouac. No, they're done. They're done. They're, like – 
That's They're tough done. to write off any team three games in. I know it's an eight game season, but you got. I think the best you can hope for is five and three, and that is you're going to have to win five games in a row. They got three headed monsters next week, and you know, listen, it's impossible, sure, but even at five and three, playoffs aren't guaranteed. Not in this league. Not yeah. the not the way that because there's probably going to be two teams that have two losses or less. I mean, just like. I know anything can happen, but realistically, look at look at the other teams in the league, and just think to yourself: Is there any is there any team? What teams do you think Bivlac can beat? Just on a, none on a paper, you know, no on paper basis. I would say enemies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, realistically, yeah, that's what it seems like. And now they just lost Josh Smith. I mean, I mean, maybe like maybe like three company. Maybe catch part on a bad day. And then you just stick in. I mean, no, I this, this is the worst team in the league by far. And it's just disappointing. It's, it's because it we had high hopes for them. We thought there's going to be the Will Bynum versus Joe Johnson MVP race. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there hasn't been any race so far with That's Joe Johnson against close. anybody. It's not even close. Um, you know, what's also but, a little disappointing too is that outside of triplets, who's far and away the best team. The other three expansion teams, not doing so hot. <laughs> you know, no. two of them are 0-3. They were all 0-2 coming into this week. I mean, I know it's not the same as, like, if they're tied to a city. But in any in any league, when you expand, you want those teams to do well. And, and you know, triplets, I think, does make up for the lack of the other three teams and how they've been doing this year. But, I mean <laughs> – you know, you got the staples of your league, and and they're they're clearly. It it's just tough. I think it's just tough for those expansion teams. It's been tough for all three of them in different ways. We'll we'll just you know we'll see how it goes next week. Um, yeah. But it's been tough. So that's essentially how week three wrapped up. We did see two major injuries, like I said, or I shouldn't say major, one major injury and one injury that will be TBD and Katina Mobley. Uh, prayers up to both of them, but I guess more specifically Josh Smith because we hope that he does get better. We hope that it's not season-ending, but with your team 0-3 and, and just from the look of it being non-contact, it already not, did not look good. Okay. <laughs> Might not be a season-ending injury, but your season's over. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right, we're going to move away from Bivouac because they seem like a depressing topic at this point. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, let's get into our week four rapid-fire predictions. Before we do that, we're going to get into some roster moves that just came out. Yes, we're recording this part on a separate day. Things come up, life happens, but we wanted to make sure we got all this in. There were some roster moves today. We told you at the first half of the show that there were some injuries with Katina Mobley from Tower. He's honestly, it's not going to be a hard replacement for them. They're just going to add, I mean, they get Dusan Balut back this week. You know, he just won bronze with the Serbian team in the first three on three event in the Olympics. So congrats to Serbia and congrats to Dusan Balut on placing. They're the first ever bronze medalist, but he'll take over for Catino at least this week, and then they'll make some roster changes moving forward, depending on what they need to do. Josh Smith is going to be replaced by Mikkel Gladness, not a name that we're very familiar with. He's, he's going to be playing center for him, so he's a big, uh, not really sure his skill set too much yet, haven't looked into it, but we'll make sure that we know up front before the game start. And if not, we'll all learn together. Hey, it's, it's been is, a trend that the guys we've never heard of have been pretty darn good this season. It, exactly. I was going to say, and that's what, you know, 
Ice Cube wants more homegrown talent. Maybe this is his opportunity to be able to showcase that. So they add Mikhail Gladness to Bivlack. This is their third edition in two weeks. So yeah. we kind of know the the hill or the trend that Bivlack is going in right now. It's not been a positive one, but hey, if they can at least get one win this week, who knows what can happen. Yeah. Um, and then for Three's Company, Ryan Hollins is not going to be playing this week. I'm not sure if that's due to injury or some other priority, but he's going to be replaced this week by Arinze, Arinze on Onaku. On, on I, I, I'm not sure how to say his name either, but I know that Dante Green referred to him as AO and Jeff also referred to him as AO. So he's going to be joining Three's Company. He's another big, he played at Syracuse. So I think that's how Dante knows him pretty mm. well. And he'll be joining them and he will be replacing Ryan Hollins. Should be a good um, should be a good addition for him. Heard some good things about him at the combine that he did pretty well. So, well, if at some point you find out how to really say his name, make sure I don't butcher that too much. Uh, that would be sure. appreciated. Of Until, course. Uh, moving on from there, those are the kind of the roster moves that are going to be having for week four. Don't know if those will be temporary or for the long haul. In Bivlack's case, it could be for the rest of the season. We will have to wait and see, but. I just, I'm just glad that a couple of those guys get an opportunity, and I'm, I'm really happy to see that we finally get to see the big three debut for Doosan Blue. Fingers crossed because, you know, I don't want to jinx anything, knock on wood, any, anything that I can do to make sure that there's no there's no spell to try to restrict Doosan from playing this week. All right, let's get into our week four predictions for this week. Uh, we got some pretty interesting matchups again. Obviously, triplets is going to be the main game. More than likely, because they have the biggest target on their back. But the first game of the day is looking like it's going to be Ghost Ballers and Ball Hogs, two two and one teams that just suffered their first loss of the season. Two teams kind of out to prove something. You know, Ghost Ballers has been doing that since day one. Uh, and Ball Hogs, you know, they probably don't want to fall to 500 after a good start. Who do you got in this one? Yeah, I mean, this will probably be the best game of the week looking like it. Um, you know, this is probably the most competitive matchup. And, you know, I, I think – you know, it's tough to say, you know, I think Ghost Ball is coming off of a loss. Ball Hog is coming off of a loss as well. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this will be a really good litmus test for both of them because I think Ghost Ballers are probably the, you know, it's going to be a good matchup between Mike Taylor and Barbosa. You know, I was going to say Ghost Ballers look like they're probably the deeper team at the moment, but Barbosa has just been unstoppable. So if, you know, maybe we can get a little bit of that, you know, classic Mike Taylor defense on Barbosa. You know, that's definitely going to be a fun matchup to watch. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with hmm, – I'm going to have to go with Ball Hogs in this one. Yeah. I'm going to pick against the green a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking that Mike's probably going to make it a priority to anchor down. If there's anybody that can maybe match the speed of Barbosa, I'm thinking it could be Mike. Yeah. Because he – you know, and he is a pretty good on-ball defender. So I was actually just going to pick whoever you weren't going to pick because I think it's that kind of tight of a contest. So I'm going to go with Ghost Ballers in this one. I think, <laughs> like you said, it's it's going to come down to depth. I think if there's going to be anybody that can kind of slow down Barbosa or at least hold him, keep him from scoring at least 20 points, which he's done in the first three weeks, just like Joe Johnson, I think it could be Mike Taylor. Uh, I think they utilize Chris Johnson a little bit more. And I still, we're still waiting to see kind of Craig Smith get his offense going. I don't think we've seen enough of that yet. So I'm going to think I'm going to say it's going to be this week. I'm going to go with Ghost Ballers. So starting out the starting out the predictions on two different sides. Let's move on to Killer Threes and Power. Another game where I think two teams are trying to prove themselves. We obviously told you that Doosan's going to be joining Power this week. Killer Threes coming off their first win. Do we think that Killer Threes can make it two in a row, or does Power make it two in a row themselves? 
I think killer threes can. Mm. I think that power, you know, we talked about in the first half of this episode, power is missing their best player. I think Dusan's going to come in and, it, you know, Dusan is used to a very different style of basketball. Yeah. And unfortunately power can't, doesn't really have the luxury of like, you know, slowly getting Dusan in, you know, they, they need him this week with Catino out and without any really other major roster moves, it's basically going to be Dusan in place of Catino. So, you know, so that probably means, you know, that Royce White is going to get a lot of the load um, as they do try to wane Dusan in. But, you know, I think Dusan's parade is going to get rained on a little bit by Killer Threes. Yeah, see, I thought, too, that the upset could be coming. But there's no way in Dusan's first game that I'm not going with him and his squad. I'm going with power. I do think it's going to be a tight one. And I would hate to see Killer Threes drop to one and three. However, that being said, I think while Dusan is going to have to catch up to speed a little bit, I mean, no better way than just facing Olympic competition. You're facing some of the best in the world outside the U.S., uh, at least from a FIBA style of play. I think he's going to, you know, maybe have limited minutes, but I think he's going to make some make some plays that are going to be uh, big for his team to ultimately come up and win. I like the only thing I'll say about that, though. Okay. You know, this is a matchup. This is a, a revenge game for power. You know, this, this was a playoff matchup last season uh, in the semifinals, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the way I look at it is this. Killer Threes is basically returning that same team except for Steven Jackson. Power, you don't have Corey Maggette, you don't have Birdman, and you don't have Catino Mobley. So I don't know. I just think Killer Threes seemed to have the winning formula last time that they, these two teams played. So... Power's a different squad. They didn't have a Royce White either or Joe yeah. Alexander, and you're adding Dusan. So I'm going to go with – I'm just just going to go with Power. I, I got to go with that my guy Dusan. I've been waiting for this day for too long. I know. And you really have been. I think this parade just trucks right through Killer Threes, uh, and it's going to be a good one. Um, so I'm going to go with Power. You got Killer Threes. Let's move on to Triplets and Enemies. You know what? Let me just go ahead and say that I'm not going to go against Triplets again for a third straight week. I keep trying to call <laughs> the upset. I, I – I just want to call it not because I don't like triplets because I think it'd be fun for the league. There's no way I'm going to do that for a third straight week. I'm going with triplets. If enemy enemies does it, congrats. But there's no way I'm going to be getting an L for the third straight week on something that should be easy, like something I should have gotten the past two weeks. My my record, I think, is now on the season. I think it just now went over 500, although you took uh, week three. Uh you took week three as you did with weeks one and two because we only had one game that was separate and I thought Trilogy would pull the upset. No way I'm going to let you have another at least easy win. So I'm going to go with triplets. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick triplets every week and then if they just lose <laughs> once or twice, maybe, then I'll yeah. just live with it. But I'm picking triplets every week. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Uh, you know, good luck, enemies, but it's hard for us not to do. It's hard for us not to pick triplets. Three's company's Tri-State is going to be game four. You know, Tri-State is... Now two and one over 500. Three's company coming off a tough loss to three-headed monsters where they had to lead 46 to 40 before blowing it late against them. Uh, who do you got in that one? Do you think Tri-State can make it three in a row and go to three and one? I mean, this is a team that you weren't too high on coming into the season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, I think really the way Jason Richardson has been playing, it's really been a big boost, um, you know, but, you know, I still think Three's company might be a deeper team, but losing Ryan Hollins, that's tough. You know, there is a little bit of a wild card uh, coming yeah. in this week. Uh, so I don't know. This this is also a pretty close game. 
you know, two teams that I think I hold in pretty similar regards, at least in my own mind. Um, so, I, you know, I think these are two teams that will probably end up finishing around 500. So I'm going to go Three's Company. Oh, I'm also going to go with Three's Company. Um, you know, I think as much as I have, like, Tri-State and what they're doing and getting off to a good start, I think this is a game where Three's Company knows they need to win this one. You know, they are adding a different piece at, at the big man position, but I think he's going to fill in nicely. I think he's uh, at least – from our draft stream that he was pretty well respected. Uh, and I think he did some good things at the combine. So I think he'll fit in nicely. And I think Pargo and Chalmers are going to have some good games because Michael Cooper is going to rely on them heavy. He knows he needs this one. Yeah. Uh, I think both teams go to two and two. So I also got three's company in this one. Aliens and Trilogy are the next game. Aliens is still 0-3. Do they get their first win against Trilogy? No. <laughs> Uh, no, listen, Tr- Trilogy's just a better team. I mean, if Aliens were to win this one, it would be a pretty huge uh, shock, I would say, a pretty big upset. Not saying it's not impossible. You know, anything could happen. But, no, nah, I think I think this is a team that Trilogy, you know, Trilogy right now, you're trying to keep pace with really power. Mm-hmm. I think the fight right now is for that number two seed. So, you know, I, I picked power to lose this week. But, you know, how that is. You know what I mean? I'm, I think I'm much less confident – in that pick as I am in this one where I think trilogy, you're just trying to keep pace with them right now. So I think this is a game that you have to win for them. Every game's going to be a must win just because for seeding purposes. And I don't think the playoff spot is guaranteed for anybody besides triplets at this point in the season. Um, so no, I'm going to say this is a win for a trilogy. Yeah. I got trilogy as well. It's hard. It's hard to think that they're going to be as inefficient as they were last game. I don't think Jared Jack's going to sit the first half. I think he'll be a little bit more cautious when it comes to the foul trouble. Hopefully it won't get some bad calls and everything. And I think we see Briscoe take it to the basket more. I mean, look, this guy seems just about unguardable in the first two weeks, and he takes he's settled for a lot more jump shots. I don't think he's going to make that same mistake again. He's also not going to have the, the load of guarding Joe Johnson on the defensive end and then try to go back to work on the offensive end. I got Trilogy moving to three and one. And unfortunately for Aliens, I think while this might be their last two raw, um, if, you know, if they lose this one, they're probably out of it at 0 and 4. But, yeah, you know, again, ho- hopefully, you know, we're wrong and they, we can shake things up. Okay, the last game of the day is going to be Bivouac and Three-Headed Monsters. I think I know which way you're leaning, but, you know, I'll let you take the four and, and say it for yourself. I mean, I've been really trying to talk myself into Bivouac, if I'm being honest with you, <laughs> just because, like, you know, I just don't want to see their season end with four straight losses. Um, you know, after really hyping them up for, like, two it years. It wouldn't end that way. It would just start that way. It would both. <laughs> but, you know, I think the more and more that I try to talk myself into Bivouac and I say, you know, how good of a game Bivouac is capable of, I just feel like, you know, I also then have to say how bad – three-headed monsters can be and I just feel like I would be doing a disservice and I'd be severely underestimating three-headed monsters if I did that I I just don't see this happening you know especially losing Josh Smith you know unless um Mikhail Gladness comes in and he's just plays absolutely out of his mind and drops like a 2020 game or something like that I mean who knows there's a little bit of a wild card there as well but I, I just, you know, this is a team I mean we said it in the first half of the episode this might be the worst team in big three history at least they're playing like it. And yeah. then you just lost your second best player. So I, I, I'm i going to have to do three-headed monsters. As boring as that is, I'm going to have to. I can't pick against them. Hey, well, welcome to the league, Mikel Gladness. Your first matchups this week are going to be Reggie Evans and Mamadou Njai. Oh, God. <laughs> to, start, to start your big three career. Hey, look, 
we've talked about the the woes of bivouac and unfortunately they just haven't been good a team that we were just completely wrong on it seems like they haven't even scored 40 points they haven't scored 35 points yet or i'm sorry they have they scored week one so they haven't scored 40 points yet this season unfortunately and you know on the flip side i think kevin murphy's been one of the a top five player this year yeah. in this big three season. So I'm going to have to go with three headed monsters as well as boring as, as that is as, as much as I don't want to wave the white flag on bivouac, they've made the most roster changes already. They're losing their captain um, probably for the rest of the year. And it's just been a tough road this season. So three headed monsters as well. Okay, guys, we, we went in pretty different directions for the most part. So it won't be determined on one game on our records. Maybe I can get one, uh, on you this week, you know, you're three and zero against me just in terms of, of records when it comes to predictions. You're like Joe Johnson right now with the three. Yes, feet. sir. So uh, fingers crossed that we can get one done. Uh, we appreciate everyone who's listening. Hopefully we'll have a player interview for you coming up within the next couple of weeks. But you obviously got to got to remember, too, the players are busy and they're traveling and we've made some travel uh, travel changes to the itinerary. So uh, hopefully we can get one on. But we do appreciate everyone who's tuned in. Make sure you guys are following on. Uh, whatever platform that you listen to your podcast on, Apple, Spotify, et cetera. Uh, please, you know, subscribe, turn on that notification bell, leave comments on YouTube. And we appreciate you guys listening on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel. We'll be back next week with you guys for another recap. Appreciate you guys as always. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.